What do we do when tough times come? Hello, welcome to Good Word. I'm David Thomas, the convener for this quarter's lessons. We are getting down toward the end of the quarter, and the subject that comes before us today is this one of managing in tough times. Um, a foundational text that is suggested is from Second Chronicles 20, verse 20. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. It's hard to know what to say about tough times. Uh, everybody knows they will come. And uh, tough times are not always predictable. Sometimes they come suddenly and come, sometimes they come in incrementally. The truth is that life is here is not as secure or as predictable as we might think. And so uh, Bruce and um, Brent, who are with me here today, what do we do when tough times come? And I'm just throwing this wide open here. I don't know that there are any great words of wisdom that I have to offer. Maybe you have some. But what suggestions would you make to our listeners about managing particularly their uh, financial affairs? when tough times come the first one that comes to my mind comes from this comes from the proverbs and that is to to save wisely for difficult times that could come without being concerned about all that i'm saving that my savings are everything but but save for something i've, I've heard it said that i should have six months of daily living set aside in case tough times what happens if I, my furnace blows up or my air conditioner in the middle of the summer I, I all of a sudden my in a heavy snowstorm my roof starts leaking right I, there sometimes we need to be able to take care of those and i shouldn't have to go into debt for it so number one for me would be planning for a tough time that could come and i don't know if bruce you're nodding i'm hoping that's a, a good thing <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what personal financial specialists recommend. So a rainy day fund, in other words, some rainy, some rainy some money that's fund. there to to bridge you in a difficult time. Yes, and I mean the the squirrels, you know, hide their hide their uh, acorns, acorns, and and we we learn from nature that you know it's it's mm -hmm. we should we should be prudent. And yeah, I would I would also go back to um, to the attitude that that we have of course we need to expect bad things to happen to good people mm -hmm. and um, not be surprised when that happens but if we go back to the principle that god owns and loans it all um, i think it brings some comfort maybe um maybe takes a little edge out of, the, out of out of the worry that that might come i heard the story of a farmer who had his crops destroyed by locusts and he said that if god wanted to destroy his crop with his locusts, then that's his business. <laughs> um, now, that, that doesn't mean that we don't take care of things, we don't plan, we don't envision what, what could or might happen, but it does mean that when, when stuff goes wrong, our trust is not in the stuff, it's in God, and we can maybe not be as worried about what may be around the corner. Yeah. Certainly, I think Someone said, what distinguishes man from animals is financial worries. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I really think that, you know, like Matthew, Matthew Henry said, there's the burden of care in getting riches, the fear of keeping them, the temptation of using them, the guilt of abusing them, the sorrow in losing them, and a burden in account at last to be given concerning them. Wow. <laughs> so having that kind of perspective on on um, our worldly possessions, I think, is very healthy, and hopefully, we can have the trust that that Job did when things are taken away. Yeah. And I ha I think about the story of the um, 
the famine in Israel and um, Elijah going to the widow of Zarephath and finding there someone willing to be generous with what she had. We live in a culture right now where I've been part of um, disaster preparation groups, you know, uh, making community plans for difficult times. And I think it's wise to make plans for times that come. Hey, how are we going to handle a major earthquake or a flood in this area? And people do this personally. I know there's a whole crowd out there called preppers, right? It's like there's TV shows about prepping for the future. But one of the things that the story of the widow of Zarephath tells me is that if I'm preparing for my own time of difficulty, that doesn't mean that the principle of generosity ends, right? There is a time and a place to say, look, I've saved up and maybe you didn't, but I can help you. And the widow of Zarephath, she didn't withhold from the prophet. She gave generously, even if it was her last. He said, make me, make me some bread. She says, all I have left is one bite for my son and I. He said, make it for me. And she gave it like the widow's mites. She gave it in time of distress. And then God did a miracle and he gave her day after day. She got to witness a miracle throughout the rest of the, of the time of hardship. That to me is, is a a faith building moment. You remind me, I got a real tough letter written to me at Y2K. Some of us are Mm. old enough to remember Y2K and because I had suggested that because the electrical grid was not predicted to go down, that uh, Y2K would be fairly minimal. And there was a man who was, he had spent thousands of dollars storing up food in his house, in the basement of his house. And he wrote me this letter about how irresponsible I was to say that publicly. And, And I thought to myself, well, here, he's a Christian man. And he's prepared himself by piling his basement full of food. But what's he going to do with his neighbors who go hungry? Is he just going to keep them away from the house? Is he going to pretend he doesn't have food? Or is he going to share his food? See, And you, you raise that question. I think another thing that's helpful in tough times is to make life as simple as possible. You know, sometimes life is enormously complicated. But I think if we can simplify in times of difficulty, that we improve our survivability. Would you agree? Yeah, it... it um I mean, if you have two watches, you never know what time it is, <laughs> and you can only only wear one pair of shoes at a time. Yeah. So if you don't have much that's that can be taken away, the bare necessities, so to speak, yeah. then yeah. if we're thrown back into a, a time where we don't have much, it's it's not much of yeah. an adjustment. You know, Bruce, somebody told me years ago, and I mm. think this is true, that we eventually become prisoners of our possessions. And I learned this because I, I once stayed at a home, one of the five homes of a very wealthy man. He had five homes, one in Montreal, one in the Vermont mountains, one in the Caribbean, one in Arizona. I don't know where the fifth one was, but I knew the caretaker of one of this one in Vermont. And she told me that whenever this man comes there, he's forever worried about, well, we haven't been to Arizona for six months. How's the how or the one in the Caribbean? And he's forever worrying about his, it's like his focus now is, is being used yeah. up by his possessions. He's in, in a sense, you have five cars and you'll be a slave to all your automobiles yep. Yep. and uh, it seems to me like simplicity is a good survival tactic for for uh, tough times the apostle paul mentions this in first timothy a passage i think we've read this quarter but he first uh, timothy 6 6 through 8 but godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment for we have brought nothing into the world so we can take nothing out of it either if we have food and covering with these, we'll sh- we shall be content. It's like, mm-hmm. I need clothing and shelter, 
and food, and that's that's it. Yeah, the you bad know. necessities. You're talking about the person that had five houses. At Ecclesiastes five twelve, rich people have more than they need, but worry so much about their investments that they seldom sleep well. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Um, yeah. You know, I I read an interesting story last week uh, about an author, a man who had published some books, and he and his friend went to a party that was put on by a billionaire investor. And while they were sitting there, the friend asked this man who had been selling books um, if he ever thought about the fact that the investor had probably made more money in a single day than the author had made in all the sales of his books. And there was a moment of silence and the author smiled and he responded, well, that may be true, but I have something the investor does not have. I have a sense of having enough. Mm -hmm. And that struck me, the sense of having enough. I think in times of difficulty, a sense that I have enough is a very good thing. It saves you a lot of worry and distress. Well, and what is the worst that can happen to me in a time of trouble? And, And this is and maybe it's a little morbid to think this way, but what's the worst that can happen? Well, I can I can go hungry, and I can get thirsty. I can even get sick from those things, and I could even die. But even even that wouldn't be the worst, right? De- death. Un- to a Christian, it's not the worst. No, thing. life with hardship is not the end. In fact, life with hardship can bear great blessings. If I read First uh, Peter through, the whole book is about suffering and difficulty and times of deprivation can, and I'm not saying willingly go out and, you know, become a monk and deprive myself, but those things can be times of great faith building. Yeah. It, it may be a little sadistic, but I've often envisioned that, you know, when the world burns, I envision my house. <laughs> it, it has, it's old enough to have some sawdust insulation here and there. And, <laughs> and um, boy, that thing is going to be a bonfire if you wouldn't believe, <laughs> you know, and if I were to watch it go up in flames, I'm, you know, having that perspective, the long perspective, yeah. helps you face these difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to throw two more things in here quickly. One is that I think that in times of difficulty, we should be willing to accept gifts offered by other people. I know a lot of us, oh, when, that's hard. when you're driven by self-resilience, self, uh, you don't like to accept gifts, and we don't do well at accepting that. But if in times of difficulty, the, the proper thing to do is to thank people for kindness and to accept the help that they offer. And the last one is, uh, what is the last? Oh, the last one I think is to be be looking for providences of God. I think they happen all the way through life, but I think in times of difficulty, there are providences like the visit of, of Elijah to the widow of Zarephath could have been a providence to that woman. Right. That uh, I think that there are times when God does the extraordinary thing and not the ordinary thing, and we should not be surprised by that. And the legacy of the widow of Zarephath is that Jesus uses her as an example of great faith. You know, at a time when Israel didn't have faith, so her little story, her she got to see a great miracle, and then she left a great legacy behind for Israel as well. Mm. So tough times. I, I don't know that any of us have a, a, a foolproof way of dealing with tough times. I, I don't think that planning ahead and saving for the future necessarily reflects a lack of, of faith in God. No. Um, you know, Jesus talked about the the flowers and the birds of the air, and... But have you ever seen a robin just waiting for a worm to jump in its mouth? <laughs> you know, we have to be prudent yeah. and do our part. And something that I've often thought of is is, is how sometimes the church does not plan ahead because they think that, that the world might end tomorrow. So. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, thank you. I guess we can all pray that we don't have too tough times to come along because it upsets the equilibrium of life. But there are many people in life who have felt that and... and um, hopefully 
by trusting in God and being simple and content and looking for providences and so forth, we can survive that. So my thanks to Brent and and uh, Bruce this, today, and also to Kristen Bailey, our engineer, and my thanks to you for listening. For the good word, I'm Dave Thomas. You've been listening to Good Word, a production of the School of Theology at Walla Walla University and KGTS-FM. To order a copy of today's broadcast, you can call 509-527-2194. Thanks for listening, and we'll be here next week at this time with Good Word.